Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, author of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about the newly announced Dungeons & Dragons Adventure Anthology, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. In the news, Stephen Colbert joins Critical Role for a D&D charity game, Marvel Multiverse RPG playtest is coming soon, and the Level Up 5D Scion playtest is live now, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about the most critical shortage any fantasy world can face. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week's dismal attempt to make a podcast is sponsored by Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Boutique. This establishment sells only the finest new and reconditioned cod pieces for men who feel they need such things. You will find this frankly distasteful shop on the corner of Upper Ramsbottom Street and Frog Stripper Lane. I've been there. It's as disgusting as it sounds. Honestly, this advert is just humiliating. Go to Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Bazaar if you need to cover your particulars. Now leave me alone and listen to this podcast. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris Or Morris, a.k.a. Russ And with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players Russ, as ever, I am delighted to be here In fact, I am doubly delighted Because we also have with us the hostess with the mostest It's It's me, Jessica Hancock from EM Publishing Not as a guest, but back as a co-host Because I refuse to leave <laughs> Yes, she's <laughs> literally been sitting there all week For, for, for the last month. three weeks, she's just been sitting there Squatting the Zoom channel. It's I know, a ballsy I know. move, but it's paid off for her. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Jess is now officially our third co-host, which is exciting. Yay. So yes. you can expect to hear her every week now, mm-hmm. yes, yes. which is exciting. And we're all looking forward to when Russ will take his turn at playing our favourite game in all the world. thing that is never going to happen. <laughs> well, we can now. There's the, you know, yet, yet, it, yet it will never happen. Well, we don't know that. We can't know that for sure. <laughs> I think anyway. we do know that. I think, I think we can say quite definitively that that is not a thing that is going to happen. And certainly if you're listening and you'd like to have Morris appear on your podcast, please remember he really does love playing this game. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't like him to me. <laughs> so before before we delve into the news we have got our listener question of the week ah, and we will be sending a copy of the awfully cheerful engine this week to andrew ferguson who sent us in the following yes. question mm-hmm. yes so you've bought the rule book yes. love the background and setting Ooh. details and you think the game is awesome but you've never ever managed to play it what's the oh. best tabletop rpg that you own that you've never managed to play. Oh, tricky. Mm. Well, I've got two. Okay. I know uh, Jess has one, and one of them's the same as. So I will, yes. I will, I will, I will seed one of my two to you, Jess, because because it's the, yours is the same <laughs> as one of mine. So yes. Okay. So uh, so mine is mine yeah. is the One Ring. So mm. Lord of the so Rings. Is mine. <laughs> so <laughs> Lord mine. of the Rings inspired sort of game. I really, I really like. I mean, the setting, I really enjoy the films. I think it's a, a nice world to go through. And I think you could tell a really interesting story walking around that route in that world because it's so, there's so much going on mm. there. 
but I've just never, I've just never played it, and I think it's partially my fault because I don't run games. So me sitting there patiently hugging a book, waiting for somebody waiting to, for run someone it for else me, to run it, yeah, probably isn't the best tactic. So this is yeah. is a lot. My fault. I think that's a universal experience. That one, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know Peter's complained about that before, mentioning games oh, yeah. that he really wants to play, but no one will no. run them for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah, that is a game I do want to play mm. and not run. Yeah. But also because I, played... I don't ever want to run a game, in fairness. <laughs> I just want to play it, so that's just all generally. Uh, I, I played you might like it. Adventures in Middle-Earth, which is the 5e version mm. of that game. Yeah. And I enjoyed that, but mm. while I was playing it, it I was kind of conscious that I was playing the 5e conversion. And all the time I was playing that, I wanted to be playing the One Ring, the actual game system that was designed for that world. And I still haven't done yet. I still really want to, which is why it was on my list. But I uh, very, very kindly let Jess have that one so that I could have a different one. I thought that was very, very generous of me. Well, the 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 thing is, I am compelled to be honest, and it says I, I've never managed to play. Mm-hmm. Now, due to spending a large amount of time, you know, running a role playing guild, also going to conventions, and just generally seeking out weird and wacky stuff, mm-hmm. the I've got to own it and have never managed to play it, and that actually is a surprisingly short list okay. because I've managed to play most of the things that I want to, and I don't own things if i think the only way i'm going to play this is if i'm going to run it there is an exception mm-hmm. it is hooks and horrors a 2013 game which is uh, vaguely osr film themed to levels one to six where one goes and explores space hulks which is always a keen theme with me and um there are horrors therein okay um, i i actually tried to run it on a couple of occasions but never managed to successfully do so but I am planning on running a game of space archaeology using stars without numbers, and I'm definitely going to be stealing the large sections of Hulk, Hulks and Horrors to help me populate the maps and various other places that people might go. Excellent. So, but my one yeah. was the One Ring. Yeah. That was, that I've was just stolen, thought, stolen, stolen from I've me. just thought of a second one Yuck. for me as well, uh, actually. So if, you wanted, you stole mine, so if you wanted to take you the One Ring, you can have it. One. I just uh, remembered it. You, you've had the one ring. It's too late. Okay. It's tarnished now. Okay. Stop shouting stop <laughs> down the co-host. No. What's the second one, Jess? What's the second one? <laughs> um, it's a little indie game called Make a Wish by Ashley Griffiths. Mm. Oh, yes. And I haven't played it. And their games are normally quite dark themes and quite, you know, uh, the themes are like um, there's Family Affair, which you play two couples and one of the couples is having an affair with each other and it's mm. interpersonal drama conflict. Um, but Make-A-Wish is a happy, nice game. Mm. And it's about, yeah, you have these beautiful cards that are laid out and you use them as inspiration to tell the story. Uh, you don't use any dice. And basically it's about your character as somebody who doesn't like their life and they go and change it and they make their life better. Mm. So it's like quite a nice, positive game. Uh, and I've not played it, and I have it, and it's in a very nice cloth tote bag with all the cards and the rules, and it's very simple. I just, I just haven't got around to playing it. Yeah. Which I don't know what that says about me as a person that I'm avoiding the happy game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my one, I suppose, it's kind of a happy game as well because my one is the Doctor Who RPG from Cubicle Seven, mm. which I've always wanted to play and never ever had chance to. Actually, I've got two. I have got two, and Star Trek Adventures from Modiphius I want to play, mm. and I've never had chance to. Well, speaking Aww. of Star Trek. You know, adventures. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the news. So, so I'm, I think I tried to sign up once to a demo game at uh, probably a Dragon Meet or something, and I just couldn't get in on one, which really 
really disappointed oh. me. But yeah. I do have Star Trek Adventures, and I do mm-hmm. have Doctor Who, but I have never yeah. played either of them. No. I, think I, mean, I, didn't, I don't know if I played proper Doctor Who, because we were... It was a tortured adaptation, right. so we didn't have the Doctor, because that does make things quite different in yeah. how it works. But yeah, but yeah I, I enjoyed it. I think Torchwood would surprised. count. It's, it's, it's in that right. universe. It's the, same, so. it's, the same, it's the same game. It was the same system. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, there you go. Same system, same setting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. I hope, Andrew Ferguson, we have answered your question satisfactorily, and we will be sending you a copy of your Free Cheerful Engine. As always, if you want your question featured on the show and for us to attempt to answer it, simply send us a question to morrispodcast at gmail.com or tag us on Twitter with the hashtag awfully cheerful question. And we pick one each week and whoever's question we answer or attempt to answer gets a free copy of the awfully cheerful engine. Nice. Yes. Nice. Right. I think okay. it's time for some RPG news. Really? Yes. So we're yeah. going to leave the all things radiant Citadel to the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll do, delve into that in a lot more detail later. So we'll just mm-hmm. cover all the other RPG news for the moment, and then <laughs> and then we'll do okay. we'll do Radiant City later. So I want to start off with my little pony. <gasps> From, yeah. Excellent choice. Yeah. So Renegade Game Studios, mm-hmm. um, they basically are have got an arrangement with Hasbro to cover a whole bunch of Hasbro's properties mm-hmm. in RPG form. So we already. Um, the Transformers RPG came out recently. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe came out recently. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers came out recently. These Ooh. are all Hasbro properties. My Little Pony, another Hasbro property, is yeah. now up for pre-order. I see. And we're coming out in quarter three, 2022, which is basically fall, autumn, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can, uh, you can pre-order it now. You can get the game, you can get a GM screen, dice, dice bag. Uh, this is a uh, foil-covered limited edition version of it. And, yeah, you can pre-order it yeah. now. If you believe friendship yeah. is magic, you can If you that. believe friendship mm. is magic. I don't believe this is replacing the River Horse uh, Tales of Equestria. I think this is in addition to. Mm. So, Because ah. um, I'm, I'm on River Horse website and they're still selling Tales of right. Equestria and things. Yeah. So it yeah. just looks like there's more of a good thing opposed to a replacement. Okay. Yeah. No not, 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 of course, to be confused with either Pony Finder or Never Rest Your Hooves, which are... Yeah, those are unofficial. Those, those are very, yeah. very unofficial yeah. Yeah. fan-made creations, yeah. but which are also available. But we're looking forward it's, to some new stuff. It's so interesting that there's so many My Little Pony kind of games available for you. I yeah. wouldn't have thought it to be I that mean, popular, but I, that shows my is, ignorance. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I know someone who has said that they will oh, the the first RPG that they will ever play has to be a My Little Pony one. Uh, well, I've never managed to bring together the interest to actually do the reading on My Little Pony, but I'm thinking about it. Have you two seen My Little Pony? The I, cartoon. I have. Yeah, my my niece is uh, seven years old, and mm. so um, it's been on around their house. Right. Right. Yeah. Is it still on, or is that an older thing? Was it an ongoing thing? They re-released it, I believe. I, I know the animation um, style from stuff I've seen on the internet has changed from mm. the 80s uh, Hanna-Barbera to a more modern style. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not from the 80s. It is like modern animation and stuff yeah, and yeah. new storylines. What do you so. mean? The 80s are modern. I don't understand what, what you're trying to say there. 
There are now retro bars for the early <laughs> noughties. <laughs> I went oh, to one no. once. They had no. Furbies in it. I was like, oh. my childhood is is retro. Mm. So. Welcome wow. to the club. So yeah, so, so, yeah Pony, I, I assume this is going to be using they've got an in-house system which they're using for Transformers, G.I. Joe and Power Rangers yes. I assume they're using this system it's called Essence 20 Yes, oh. I believe um, that's the case And I did take a look at that like a year ago when they announced it which is mm-hmm. ages ago, because all of this is, was actually announced a long time ago Yes. So um, like last year they announced all these games Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, Transformers all that stuff. So Essence 20 has, let's have a look, so it's a D20 based system Mm-hmm. And it has three elements, origin, role, and influence, and they use different dice for different skill levels. Mm-hmm. Essence 20 also includes a ladder mechanic, where if a character has specialised in a particular skill, they may roll their skill die plus every other die type under it, choosing the highest die result to add to their d20 roll. Okay. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. So, so it's D20 plus another die. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. As so, far as I yeah. can make out, yeah. 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 D20 Multiple plus advantages D4. if yeah. you... Oh. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to do the maths on that. I'm sure someone much cleverer than me has done so. Yes. What other, what other brands does Hasbro own that might one day turn into an RPG then that, you know, Renegade might announce next year or something as a new RPG? Oh my RPG? goodness, there's... Monopoly. Monopoly. They own Monopoly. Is it going to be a Monopoly yeah. RPG? <laughs> Um, who's I mean, got D&D, obviously. That's Milton Bradley. That would be um, so weird. That would be so weird if Renegade Game Studio announced an Essence 20 version of D&D as being one of They have Hasbro's a Peppa Pig. Pe- oh, nice. okay. Do they own that or do they just... Because these, these brands they actually own, I think, as opposed to... I'm looking at a little little chart of, like, franchise hmm. Do they still have Hero have? Quest? Uh-huh. Because I've seen oh, that. Oh, yeah, I think shops. so. Because they re released yeah. it. Oh, yeah. They re released yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. It looks yeah. quite nice. Yeah. It's it very does. expensive. I've still got um, my original copy from the early 90s, nice. luckily. So mm. I've still got that yeah. one. But yeah. They do have franchise partners with Marvel at Hasbro. Well, Marvel's so coming out with. That was going to yeah. be my next, uh, my next news item, actually. That's Marvel's. got the Marvel system, doesn't it? Well, the Marvel role, uh, superhero role playing game. By yeah. Matt Forbeck, who was on our mm. podcast like, yeah. earlier this year, last year? No. It wasn't this year. Was it, it was last year. year. Was it? Well, it's 2022 this year, Russ. Yeah, no, I thought Never it was earlier this year. I can't remember when it was. Anyway, whenever I'm it was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But no. Okay. It was. Um, so he, he was on with his son, as I recall, and they were working on something else. And but 5th of November. Okay. Yes. So, um, yeah. So in about three weeks, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've I've been looking at his post on Facebook and stuff, and he's not allowed to say a word about it until Marvel like gives it the green light. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's allowed to say basically the the book is going to hit Amazon in three weeks, and that's literally what he's allowed to say. It seems. Oh my goodness! Uh, so and you know, non-disclosure agreements—they're so cruel. It prevents geeks from profiting. Yeah, well, you when, when you're working for someone like Marvel and. Yeah, you know it's going to be quite. So we don't know anything about it at all. We know very, very little about it apart from well, it, the one that's coming out in about three weeks is the playtest mm. document. But the playtest document takes the form of a hardcover book, yeah. which you can buy off Amazon. Wow, a hardcover. Okay, yeah. and yeah. do we know? So it's going to be dice because I there was a Marvel game I played before, which is really nice that isn't in print anymore, which was you used cards. You had a card based system. Have yeah, you heard of that yeah, one? Yeah, no, I think it's, this is it going to be that. Dice. No, I think oh. this is dice. But I, oh, I love that. That was great. Sure. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Well, three weeks. I guess we'll find out more. 
Unless okay. unless he's allowed to talk about it between now and then. I assume there's going to be some pre-publicity. There must be some planned. Mm. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, if you want to play Marvel, you can do that in three weeks. Uh, right, other news. More of the news-like stuff. So, should we talk about the Scion playtest? Oh, yes. another playtest for Scion. Exciting. Mm. So, oh, oh, that Scion. Right, yes. Yes. Sorry, I, I, I was thinking of Scion. Um, so you can see why I was confused. <laughs> I was thinking of... When you said Scion, I thought Scion, not Scion. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. I yeah, was that's really of Scion. Cool, Peter, I understand. Yeah, got it. I was thinking of Scion, the role-playing game about being the son or daughter or whatever of a god, which is a name I'm much more that used one, that to one, that, that one is Scion as opposed to Poseidon. Yeah, we are we are Poseidon. We are Poseidon. That one is Scion. Uh, Poseidon all over the pronunciation of words in English language is what you're doing. Anyway. Anyway, Anyway, so what Uh, we're actually talking about. Awesome. I'm down. Big fan of Anne McCaffrey. Very much enjoy stuff like uh, Lenny Jesuit and Navigators in June. And even managed to play a little bit of a psyker in... The Warhammer 40k adaptation Dark Heresy. Mm. So yes, well, interesting stuff. The Scion is a character class for the Void Runners Codex, which is mm-hmm. a sci-fi mm. level up advanced fifth edition hardcover. Yeah. Coming later this year. And one yes. of the new yeah. classes in there is going to be the Scion. Yes. And that is, as you may guess, a psionically adept gifted. kind of gifted mm. um, character class where you can do things with your mind like mm. telepathy and telekinesis and do psi blasts mm. and you can be like a Jedi or you can be like a Vulcan you know it's kind, it's kind of designed to cover those sort of and this is kind of character. instead of spell casters because like yeah. the sci-fi setting doesn't have magic like mm. the fantasy ones do yeah yeah, but yeah. in fairness, you could blend the two because it all works with level up advanced fifth edition so if you wanted to yeah. have magic in you could couldn't yeah, you yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what you could do, you could just, yeah, you could combine the two and make your sort of space fantasy setting. The only, one of the big reasons we didn't do that is just that Starfinder has done that so well. There's mm. not really, you know, I don't think there's much point in trying to create a, a setting very similar to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you found the Starfinder rules to be not entirely to your taste, as I have to say, I very much enjoyed the setting, but I did not enjoy my experience with Starfinder just to, just because I was like, I was playing an operative as a pre-gen, and I was like, right. I was straight up not having a good time. Yeah, I've not um, played Star. Oh, that's another one for my list. Yeah, I haven't played, played Starfinder either. either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. That's, a, that's another game you can have to do. That's just been quite a lot of games that I haven't played. Yeah, I was about to say, do you not have a room <laughs> dedicated to... <laughs> <laughs> you should open a library or something. Oh, oh, oh. Give me one second. What's this? Here's the real answer to that. Oh, dear. Yes, the Dallas <laughs> role-playing game. Um, Dallas the RPG I now officially own it and I have not played it that looks very retro <laughs> well yeah it kind of came out in the 80s or whatever oh did uh, it actually I, I didn't know if it was yeah. a new print that they made to look like it no was... no I got it off eBay mm. it's an old old, old I, I mean it it looks pretty much has described it looks like a uh, a glossy magazine hmm. cover that's yeah, it's, okay. it looks surprisingly good cardboard box Stuff, yeah. loads of stuff. Some cards, cards and books. Why did you, and... why did you buy that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Just out of curiosity. Just like... I don't know. Just not that well, it impacts well, me on my life, but I just... <laughs> well, well, Jessica, you're, you're acquainted with self-control. 
<laughs> I'm afraid sure. Russ hasn't made, hasn't made their acquaintance yet, so yeah. <laughs> As I said, I've got a lot of games that I've never played and probably never will. <laughs> I think we were actually talking to Matt. This is Matt Forsback when we were talking about it, and yeah, yeah, I think we did actually, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there we go. The it. Dallas RPG box set from the 1980s. Exciting. That is now officially my RPG that I haven't played. That I do. Oh, I want to? trying to edit this. Do mess I the want podcast to? today? Yeah. No, it's fine. Just, just leave it be. This is entirely on brand for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> That's okay. just as well, really. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, let's talk Critical Role's new game. We always have something to say about Critical Role because they're always doing stuff and things. Doing stuff. So yes. is this the Alabaster Kingdom? No, this, I thought is that syn- was canceled. this is Syndicult. Syndicult. So they announced this a year ago. We covered mm-hmm. it when they announced it a year oh, ago. Yeah, but, um, uh, and they've just kind of teased it again this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still no release date and very, very, very little by way of information. Literally, we've got like a sentence yeah. or so of information about it. Yeah. A new game written by Matt Mercer. Yeah, yeah. Modern day mm. fantasy setting where crime oh. syndicates vie for magical power in a world of artifacts, mystery, and crime. Yeah, sounds like, like the Sopranos crossed oh. with D&D or something. I, it's like <laughs> mo- mobsters and magic. It's, like, it I sounds don't know. a little bit like Dresden Files to me as well. Mm. Maybe, Modern yeah. Modern day yeah. fantasy and... Yeah. It's not yeah. Dresden, obviously, because that's no. there is a Dresden RPG, mm. but... Um, yeah, fate. There's no. It's not Rivers of London either, which yeah. is another RPG that's going on. Yeah, so, sadly, we don't really know anything else about it except that it's written by Matt Mercer of Critical Role fame. Um, mm-hmm. When they originally announced it last year, they said there's a whole other sentence, which pretty much oh. says the same mm. thing but in different words. Um, okay. An original modic, uh, modic, an original modern magic role playing game designed by Matthew Mercer in which mob families jealously guard secrets and battle it out for power on the city streets. Yeah, that's. Pretty much what I just said, but in different words. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. we know is okay. So we haven't right. anything new really, but um, and there's no release date yet. That's yeah. about it. That's that's basically the news concerning that they mentioned it yeah. again. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I am definitely intrigued. I will definitely be taking a look at that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I kind of in- yeah. it's kind of interesting, Darrington Press, and you know, because obviously they still play D and D on Critical Role, and I can't see that changing. But I do kind of sometimes wonder what would happen if Critical Role decided to announce a Critical Role role-playing game, which was a kind of version of D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I would, I would love that because, as as everyone knows, I'm quite passionate about playing games other than D&D. Not that mm. there's anything wrong with D&D. I'm in a campaign of it, but there's so many other games. And mm. I think a group like them being so Dallas. influential. Dallas, the role-playing yeah. game. I mean... <laughs> Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah. But anyway, the point <laughs> point I was making that if such an influential group, influential group uh, like Critical Role, played a different type of tabletop RPG, I think it would kind of wake people up a little bit to, oh, there's other things that we can play and there's other mm. things that we can do. Because I think so many people are so stuck in Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, and even I see them going, oh, I want to play a game based off my favorite TV show or, or this or whatever. They say I'm going to hack D and D for it, and I'm like. But you don't need to, because somebody's already done that for you. Mm, yeah. Somebody's done yeah. the work. Yeah. Well, Critical Role does occasionally. They did, they did a Call of the Cthulhu once, which yes. apparently really, really was very, very beneficial to to the game. Exactly. Um, so they do do it from time to time. I, I think, um, as I recall, someone told me at the time uh, how much it cost Chaosium. 
I don't know whether I should actually say that, but how much it costs to have that placement. And I imagine it would be... a amount of money. Yeah, a lot of money. Five speaking, figures? Yeah. Hmm? Five uh, figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well into, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm speaking to content creators who aren't anywhere near as big as Critical Role about mm, them mm. working with us to do things and knowing what those costs are, knowing mm. the scale of reach that Critical Role has. Yeah. I imagine the price scales in a similar way. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, anyway, st- sticking on Critical Role. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a charity Dungeons & Dragons event with Matt Mercer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Stephen, is it Colbert? Is that how you say his name? Colbert, Colbert. American Yeah, maybe. Post. I think yeah. they'd say Colbert oh, the... in America. I don't know. Oh. Would they? Okay. I don't know. I've never I seen... Think, I thought it was Colbert. I'm, maybe it oh. is. I've, I've never maybe seen, I've never seen his show or anything, so I don't know. Hey. But, um, hey, yeah, I've, I've not met him either, so I haven't been able to ask. <laughs> that would him. explain the publicity stills I've seen when Matthew Mercer is snarling at him. Right, okay. So, thank you thank you for giving me so much needed context. So, so <laughs> I, mean, but I see so much random stuff on so, these that I'm like... Is this thing that's happened? So this, happen? this is for Red Nose Day. <laughs> right. Um, America has got a different Red Nose Day to us. When's ours? Mm, but Red, no- Red, Red Nose Day is coming up very, very soon in America. Yeah. I think um, April, oh. late April or something like that. Um, anyway, oh, this yeah. is not the first time they've done this. Matt Mercer and um, Stephen Colbert did it for Red Nose Day in 2019 as well. It was like an hour-long session, one-on-one as I recall it, with uh, Matt Mercer and um, and Stephen Colbert. And basically, yeah, basically doing that again. Proceeds from the fundraiser Benefit Red Nose Day, which is the American branch of uh, Comic Relief. Hmm. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah, so that'll be fun. April the 28th, that is. It's a pre-recorded yeah. video. It's not live. April the 28th, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. BST. What I think's interesting is it's pre-recorded, yet they've said that the donations you make will affect the game. So I'm wondering... Ah, uh, so the poll, the, so the polls that go out... So they haven't recorded it yet. When it goes out, it will have been pre-recorded, I think is the... Oh, okay. Got it, got yeah. it. So That's it's not fine. live, is what they're saying. Mm. But yeah, there's four yeah. polls going out um, up until April the 1st, and that will choose Stephen's starting gear, a spell he can cast, regardless of his class, his okay. familiar, <laughs> and the thing he must recover. And then you can donate in order to vote in those polls and then... That money goes to Red Nose Day. Is That's a nice works. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I quite enjoyed the one the last time, like 2019. It's only like an hour long as well. It's quite an easy and, and it's, it's fun and silly as well, and it's a fun little thing to watch. And it's kind of yeah, not so long that you can't just like quickly give it a watch. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Anyway. 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 Talking of charities and role playing games. Yeah. Um, Modifius. So um, Chris and Rita Birch of Modifius have launched. A charity called Roll versus Evil. Oh, uh, and it raises money for general humanitarian aid efforts. But the first campaign that they're doing is Ukraine. So, um, yeah, in future they might be doing um, fundraisers for other things. But at the moment, the focus is on Ukraine. They do need humanitarian aid, so that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, what this is, there's a site called uh, Roll versus Evil. I think Roll versus Evil. Com is the site. And then they've got a Just Giving page. And the idea is you kind of self-organize a thing at home and get people to, like, chip in, you know, a few quid or a few dollars to play a game or to have a re-roll or whatever whatever little rules you want to make up at home, whatever sounds fun and charitable. You do that, and then the funds that you raise doing that, you donate via their fundraising page 
Play a game, Brawl vs. Evil, play a game online or in person, Saturday, March 26th, and you can drop and a few dollars on the table for playing, yeah. re-roll the dice or draw another card. Yeah, yeah so you could I be see. like, okay, in this game, if you want to, if you roll badly and you want to roll again, you can do yeah. it, but you have to pay $5 and we'll donate it to yeah. this. Ooh. Or say in D&D, you could say, you know, I'll pay a, a couple of quid for inspiration or something. And yeah. then- or, or, or to re-roll your damage. Awesome. I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, like, oh, I'm so busy on Saturday, but maybe we should we should play Russ that way and then <laughs> donate yeah. the large amount of money because we're, we're going to be quite significant with your with your roles. <laughs> <laughs> so, segueing on from Modifius to more Modifius, Star Trek yes. Adventures. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was a very exciting. Tell us about yeah. Star Trek Adventures. Oh, well, they're great. First of all. Um, first point. <laughs> Second point. <laughs> what? Oh, a good news story. Excellent analysis. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I love it. I we love can it. move on now. I mean. Yeah, they're great. Uh, well, no, they, they, well, so there's, there's two new products coming out this week. And so we've got the oh, Star yeah. Trek Adventures Discovery S1 crew pack. Uh, mm. And so it's got loads of character sheets in. And it's from the first season roster of the USS Discovery. Right. So, mm. um, if you're fans of that, it's got all those kind of people like, you recognise from there, like Lieutenant Ash Tyler and Cadet Does Michael Tilly Burnham and... insist on whispering everything she says as she I does mean, on the actual show? It's a role-playing game. You can make it whatever you she, want. So she waits, want. She waits yeah. until the music is loud and sweating and dramatic, but she always whispers everything she says like this. So you can't make out all that she says. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, she's been doing that for like three or four seasons now, and I've still not heard a single word she's ever said. <laughs> But anyway, so if you're a fan of the USS Discovery, this is a really good uh, crew pack book for you. Uh, And they also have another book as well, which is Star Trek Adventure Briefs, um, Mm -hmm. which briefs as in like mission briefing, not underwear. And that's the Starbase That would be a different product entirely. (laughs) Yeah, it would, which is what I thought I'd best clarify. Um, So you've got 10 detailed mission briefs, and it's all about adventures on Starbases. And it also can work with campaigns set on different types of star bases. So like one that's a bit like Deep Space Nine star base or something like that. Mm. And it's designed for the next generation era, but you can adapt it for other Star Trek time periods as well. Yeah. Um, nice. So that's exciting. And also, excitingly, we're having, we're discussing Star Trek Adventures on the 18th of April on Not d and I really want so, to play Star Trek Adventures. Oh, it's really fun. My group absolutely rave about it. Mm. But yeah, if you have any questions, Jim Johnson is coming on on the 18th of March to Ooh. Not D&D. So at 10 p.m. GMT, you can come onto the live stream and chat Star Trek and ask him any questions you want. Hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so that'll be on twitch.tv forward slash EM publishing on the 18th of March if you're into Star Trek I'm adventures. I'm pretty sure you mean the 18th of April. I do mean 18th of April. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good catch because 18th of March has been and gone. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, uh, so who's, who's, on, who's on mm. Monday? Who's on the next episode of Not D&D? So on the Monday 28th of March, we have John Harper coming mm-hmm. on. Uh, and he's going to be talking about, he's done lots of things. Uh, very interesting person to talk to you. But we're specifically mm. talking about lasers and feelings. Ooh. Yes. Which is an excellent game because it's just one page of rules. Uh, you can get it for free as mm. well. So on our website, if you want to download it free and have a look before the stream, feel free to go to ianliverpg.com. It's on there. Uh, yeah, so we've got John Harper next uh, next week. Oh, and then the week after that, in April 4th, we've got Andrew Peregrine coming to talk about Dune. Dune. So, Dune, which I can never Dune. say. Because I'm like, do we say like Dune, 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 Dune? Um, so if you're going to, if you'll enjoy hearing me not be able to speak for an hour, please come watch that. I do yeah. enjoy hearing you not being able to speak for an hour. 
Oh, <laughs> mm. Great pleasure from that. I, I, oh, wow. I was just thinking, I know, right? God, is that you've why been you've on the podcast me? for a hot five minutes, yeah. I know, I know. And you keep giving me podcast platforms as well, because as well as this podcast, we're actually going mm. to be making Not D&D into a podcast as well. Really? So it'll still continue as a live stream, but some people have commented that they prefer to to listen because they they do it whilst they're. Well, that's a the good time to summarise like that. that actually. Then, mm-hmm. so oh yeah, okay, because okay. people are listening yeah. to a podcast right now, they might want to listen to other podcasts. Yes. What? So impossible. We you can only listen to one. So podcast. we do we do we do a bunch of different stuff. Some of it's videos, some mm-hmm. of it's podcasty, some of it's yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing now is it's going to be I think at the moment it's three other podcasts are going to be yes. launching. Yes. Cool. And these are going to be the audio versions of videos that we're making anyway. Yes. Uh, so they're okay. not going to be on this stream. You'll have to subscribe to them separately. Yeah. Because okay. because some people just don't want their stream just filled up with tons and tons of stuff that they haven't subscribed to. So, mm-hmm. okay. so you have to subscribe. That's fine. So one of them is the Not D&D show, which yep. uh, yeah. Jessica does on Monday nights. Yeah. So that would be an interview with somebody every week about a game that's not D&D. Yeah. Exciting. One of them is the This Week in Tabletop RPGs, which is a sort of 90 second to two minute, very quick summary of the week's news. So if you don't yeah. want to listen to us blab on about it for an entire hour, you can listen to yeah. us talk about it really, really, really fast for 90 seconds <laughs> in instead. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's about do you, do you, under, in you, under do three best minutes. You read the voice as well. It's under, very good. Under three minutes is the, right. is the pitch. So yeah. you can get This Week's Tabletop RPG news in under three minutes. Yeah. Um, nice. And then, if you find some of that interesting, you want to listen to more, then you can jump on this podcast. Mm. But it'll be its its separate thing, yeah. so you can subscribe to pick and choose what you like. Mm. And then finally, actual plays. So we're going to yes. have a dedicated <laughs> channel for actual plays. You can subscribe to that one, mm-hmm. and that will be actual plays we produce. So there's going to be um, longer form campaigns and yep. one shots <laughs> on that channel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I- I don't have anything official to say about the the campaign this week because I'm just confirming contracts and things. But I've been speaking to some really exciting content creators that are, have said yes mm. to being involved. So I've got a group of people. So on Monday, I'm going to get them together to have a chat to check they're all happy as a party and mm. they vibe well. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get confirmed. So I'm hoping next week I'll have some announcements on mm. the campaign. Mm. And it includes mm. people that actually worked on and wrote level up advanced fifth edition Marvelous. which is what the campaign system will be using Marvelous. so i'm very excited about it but i don't have any news now but i will but, soon i've been i've been working but, on it this week and some amazing people have said yes mm. oh I'm, I'm actually quite interested to find out about that because you know um, it would be nice to be aware of a level up game that i am not running Exactly, and we'll, they will be starting at the end of April. I'll announce the dates officially mm. when I've got it official, but it'll be the end of April, mm. and it'll be every Tuesday that they'll be um, going ahead, and it'll be Tuesday evenings in the UK. But I'll announce the times and the details when we have them yeah. in more detail. So basically, we're bringing out tons of stuff. That is yeah. what you asked me to loads do. You're like, let's launch, let's launch Ian Live and do loads, loads of stuff. It's almost like it was planned. Mm. <laughs> that seems yes. very unlikely to me. Almost. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. But um with the actual play, also if campaigns aren't your thing, we are gonna be mm. doing one shots as well. So once a month Ooh. on the first Thursday of the month we're gonna be doing a one shot yeah. and um it won't always be it won't necessarily be level up advanced fifth edition. Like I think the first one I'm planning on mm. doing is the awfully cheerful engine because mm. it's designed to be a one shot and it's yeah. it's great for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, so if you if you don't want to get into a campaign and, and keep up with that, there'll be one shots as well, so you can just jump in and mm. And have an contained story. Right. Is there any news that I have missed or have we got it all? Apart from obviously the Radiant Citadel stuff, which we're going to do in a minute. Well, 
I did have something that might be relevant. Okay. There is a tabletop RPG bundle, women in tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you want to cover that, Jessica? Or, no, because I have or, the details uh, in front of me, but I know what you're talking about, so I'll support oh. you when you say it. Oh, fantastic. Okay, <laughs> yeah. There's uh, 50 creators who are all women on itch.io, and they have brought together over 300 US dollars of stuff mm-hmm. and has part of celebrating International Women's Day, which, as we all know, was on the 8th of March. They have put together a bundle. It's $30. They have a goal of $3,500, and they are going to split it equally amongst themselves. Hmm. Special thanks thanks to Cat Elm, who helped put together the technicality of the bundle. Excellent. How many many did you say? It looks like we've got 50 games. 50 games for $30. That's pretty good. I, I mean, it's not quite the same... Insane levels of value of some of the bigger ones, but it is still extremely good. Mm. And I personally am looking at it and saying, Dragons and Owls and Bears, oh my, which is a adventure for fifth edition. I was saying, that is a good title. Mm. That, that's a good title. That is, that is definitely getting me across. But yeah, uh, I haven't seen all of these, but, uh, we got one for Iron Swarm, the Unspoken Vow. And there's, yeah, there's, there's just all sorts. Someone, should, should, check it someone out. should put that, because there's so many of these bundles these days, it can be hard to keep track of them, and they're always amazing mm-hmm. and really good deal. And a lot of them are sometimes yeah. for charity as well. Someone should just yeah. put together a site that just lists them as they come up. So that if you're, if you're looking for some like amazing deals for like sort of like $10 for 50 games or whatever, you could just mm-hmm. like go to this site and you'll see which ones are currently available from all the different places. That'd be a really yeah. useful Bundle little tracker. Site. Bundle tracker, yeah. yeah. Oh, I might start that. I was about to say, is that not something we could do on Ian World? I think that is something we could do. So we already have a weekly summary of the news. We have a weekly kind of Kickstarter what's going on. We have a weekly bundle. Bundle tracker column. Bundle tracker. I think that's an excellent idea. I'm glad I came up with it. I'm so clever. (laughs) It's a good show. Well done. (laughs) Right, I think we have now finished the news. You have called this emergency meeting of the City Council, Councillor. Pray tell us what is so urgent that I had to miss my lunch. Lady Mayor, may I introduce the Grand Scribe of the Royal Libraries? The Royal Libraries? Uh, yeah, we keep track of all the naming, milady. The naming? Well, things just don't name themselves, milady. Like people, places, dungeons, dragons, these things all have names. Right, right, I see. But what sort of naming crisis can take precedence over a delicious bear owl sandwich with a flagon of elven wine to wash it down? Well, the grand letterer here has just informed me of a terrible crisis. Well, well, what is it? War? Famine? Is the dragon back? Oh, it's worse than that, I fear, milady. Worse than a dragon? Indeed. A crisis so pernicious, so deleterious... So very pestiferous that it threatens our very civilization. <sighs> Have you been reading the Theosaurus again, Councillor? It's high and fiery, Lady Mayor, but we digress. Indeed, it is my solemn duty to inform this here council that we are on the brink of a critical shortage. A shortage so precarious, so potential, so ticklish that we had no choice but to call this emergency meeting. Oh, well, a shortage of what? Not a repeat of the weak crisis of the Third Age. Oh, worse than that, milady. Worse than the pantomime drought of the 17th Eon? Far worse, I fear. <gasps> worse than the toilet roll shortages of the 12th Epoch? 
Indeed, my lady, we have somehow run out of... Oh, we can barely bring ourselves to say it. Well, what? What is it? What have we run out of? Apostrophes, my lady. Apostrophes? How? The number of fancy character and place names has increased dramatically year on year, Lady Mayor. And with elfish names becoming fashionable once more, we've simply run out of apostrophes. But but how will we name anything? How indeed, milady. How indeed. Oh, we have searched high and low to no avail. But what are the apostrophe mines of the Granite Coast? Completely tapped out, I'm afraid. The apostrophe farms of the Verdant Plains? We exhausted their supply long ago, my lady. But this is terrible. How can this have happened to us? Well, the average number of apostrophes in a fantasy name has increased from two in the last century to seven as of this year. Seven apostrophes? Yes, my lady. I fear we have become too greedy. We have plundered this world of its apostrophes once we were content with a mere Muadib or a Tapau or a Dawurden. Ah, a simpler time. And then, of course, there was the Lovecraft phase. Well, the less said about that, the better. And the McCaffrey period. And this year, the most common name was Goethe Lakhon Uamon. The apostrophe supply just couldn't keep up. Indeed, I know a chap whose name is just apostrophes. Well, can't we just use something else? Something else like what, my lady? Well, I don't know. Um, don't we have a plentiful supply of question marks? You can't just replace apostrophes with question marks, my lady. Indeed. Where would we be if every name had a half dozen question marks in it? Well, what do we have? Well, we have plenty of curly brackets and hashtags, but they're not much use. Wait... I have an idea. Oh, yes, yes, speak, Councillor. What, what do you have in mind? What What if we took some commas and, and simply raised them? Raised them? Yes, lifted them up a bit, moved them from the bottom line to the top, as it were. Hmm, they are very similar, but no. Such a subterfuge were it to get out would be the end of the Empire. Well, what then? With no apostrophes, everything will end up being called Kevin. A fine name, but sorely lacking in apostrophes. There is one other option. Yes, what is it? We could introduce an apostrophe tax. That could work. For every seven apostrophes used, each citizen must pay one apostrophe into the royal coffers. (gasps) Yes, an apostrophe tax. We should be able to resupply the apostrophe banks in no time. Aren't you worried about apostrophe inflation? What? I believe our friend Scribe here is referring to the events of the 13th Junction, when the value of ampersands reached an all-time low. Indeed, an ampersand came to be worse than a tenth of an asterisk and a mere fraction of an exclamation mark. Okay, we, we've taken this ridiculous joke too far. I mean, I mean, talking about an intangible concept item, like a punctuation mark, like it were an actual physical resource which could somehow be depleted. I mean, who writes this stuff? It's time to play our favourite game, it's time to play the game, our favourite game in all the world, guess the Kickstarter from just name. It is, in fact, time to play our favourite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Who would like to go first? I will go first. Oh, 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 oh. 
Yeah. Well then. We weren't ready for that, were you? (laughs) I was not expecting it. No. Right then. Are you ready? No, but I'll... You can do it. I believe. (laughs) Thanks, Peter. Okay. What is... Oh, God. Yaziba's Bed and Breakfast. Right. Well, it's based on a bed and breakfast. Give you that for free. Um, So I think it's um, a mystical sort of in bed and breakfast. Um, So it's this magical tavern place owned by the name that you said at the beginning. Yaziba, did you say? Yaziba. Yaziba. So I think Yaziba owns this bed and breakfast and it's very mystical sort of magical place and it's a setting um where in a in a world when it talks about i don't know things that happen in between big adventures i guess so this is like stuff that happens in towns and little mini adventures and things that happen in cities and stuff like that and i'm gonna say it's D. there we go i made a guess is it right guess guess hmm is it um, not correct, though? It's half correct. Oh, okay. So it is a magical bed and breakfast, which exists outside time and space. Excellent. And it's kind of like, a, a, they call it a slice of life legacy tabletop role-playing game about a found family and their magical home. Okay. So you play one of seven long-term residents of the B&B or from a cast of 50 quirky guests. Mm-hmm. And there's an adventure within each chapter, which include things like lazy afternoons, frightful nights, insurmountable chores, and zany competitions. That does sound like what rules. I said. Yeah, it's quite about what you said. Yeah. With game rules for overcoming mountains of laundry, picking berries, surviving a trip to the scary basement, naming constellations, and anything else. And there's like 48 of these chapters. Little sort of so ones to our Yeah, so this is like stuff that happens. You're not going off to fight a dragon. This is stuff that's happening. Slice yeah. of life yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't believe this is for fifth edition. That's fair no. enough. Yeah. Uh, but it's 500 pages, hardcover. It's a big, thick book. <laughs> Wow. Uh, very brightly coloured with like cartoonish um, yeah, art yeah. on the front cover. 500 um, pages? Yeah, it's a big old book. But it's not 48 adventures in it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... It's going to be quite the time. I've actually been aware of this on Twitter and people have been talking about it a fair mm. bit. But I thought, well, it'd be like a more standard indie RPG product, which would not weigh in <laughs> at um, a, a pair of Dungeons & Dragons manuals. <laughs> yeah, it's a, big, it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, shipping on wow. that must be quite a bit then, actually, if it's... I would imagine, yeah. 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 Well, it's doing really well. It's on Indiegogo, this one, rather than Kickstarter. Oh, okay. And yeah. it has done... Uh, well, it had a $30,000 goal. Mm-hmm. It's currently done $166,000. Oh, wow. I bet that... Bloody delighted. And it still has a month, a whole month to go. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to do incredibly well. So that also, interesting, this is from Possum Creek Games. Mm-hmm. Possum Creek Games mm-hmm. um, left Kickstarter, made an announcement. They were leaving Kickstarter, I think it was yeah. about a month ago or two months ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in reaction to the blockchain stuff. Oh, yeah. there was something we yeah. missed in the news from that, linked to what you were just saying, because the CEO oh. has announced that he's stepping down oh, yeah, from the position as yeah. part of that controversy. Yeah. The, so, the, the CEO of Kickstarter is stepping down. Yeah, mm. so Aziz Hassan has announced he's stepping down from the position effective wow. April 4th, citing wow. personal reflection. Yes. 
So wow, it seems like it is a reaction to the blockchain stuff, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's well, one. Well, that was hmm. one of the controversies that's ongoing, but there were lots of hmm. other bits and pieces as well. Hmm. So there was cool. attempts to block the first formation of the first labor union. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah a few yeah. things like that. So um, hmm. yes, yeah, so they'll be looking to replace, but the chief operating officer Sean Leo will take over the role temporarily. Yeah, right, right. So. It has had Hopefully an effect. move away from terrible scams and yeah. uh, crime-filled ideas. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Then for this this week, those reasons and possibly others, Possum Creek Games left Kickstarter. Yeah. They said at the time, I remember saying it's quite a risk yes. leaving Kickstarter. Yeah. Kickstarter obviously has the biggest platform by like, an order yes. of magnitude. But it seems that it's paid off because they're doing really well mm. with this one. Absolutely clear. Yeah. Which is excellent. That's amazing. Wow. And, you know, I am very, very up for a scenario which creates like a valid competition to Kickstarter. Mm. So the, you know, because that's just better for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. When you've got when you've actually got real competition going on. Yeah. No one likes Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. In the game or in real life. <laughs> but we are looking forward to the official Hasbro branded Monopoly RPG produced by Renegade of Game course. Studios. As long as it's a scathing out. reflection on capitalism. Yes, and you get yeah. a pair of top hat. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. Right. We'll so, uh, so Jess, you get 326 points for that. Yes. Oh, nice. It's a pretty good score. I think that's the best I've ever done. Well, is it? I think so. Yeah, I suppose it probably Seeming is. Seeming like last week I had like one point or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a really it, big defi- improvement. It's, it's yeah. definitely got you off the starting block. So I'm very I'm impressed. Very, I'm very excited. Thank you. Yeah. Pleased to be here. Okay. So, Peter, are you ready? Yeah, hit me. What you got? What is CBR plus PNK? Oh, flashbacks to algebra class. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, CBR plus yeah. sign PNK. Hmm. CBR plus PNK. That's a really tough one. Oh, is it? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just empathizing. I think it's one of these ones that when you hear it, you'll go, oh, of course. But Yeah, CBR plus PNK. Hmm. That is intriguing. I mean, it's a great example of why we're doing this game, because I'd be like, well, that is meaningless gibberish to me, and I'd move on. So, uh... Does it have a tagline underneath? I know you can't tell us. It does, and that that would give it away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I can't tell you that, because Hmm. it makes it too easy. Yeah, no, that's fine, but yeah, yeah. But I just assumed, Hmm. if you were scrolling through on the crowdfunding platform. Yeah, if you're, if you're scrolling through on Twitter, you would see that bit as well, mm-hmm. so they would help. Uh, I'm going to take a punt. I think it might be a, sub- a cyberpunk role-playing game of some description. Maybe it will do... Sci- maybe it will focus specifically on cyber, cyber, and also on punk. Punk. I think maybe there might be a little bit of a text message vibe to some of it like for that old shorthand because maybe you're doing it in a sort of a organization of a rebellion because that's a good cyberpunk theme to do stuff with where you're acting online to do stuff and um have to communicate in codes Uh, i think maybe it's a cyberpunk version for fifth edition how about it okay so CBR PNK does indeed mean cyberpunk. CBR PNK means <gasps> cyberpunk. Oh, well done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah. other than that, though, it's a little different to what you said. So this is a Forge yeah. in the Dark game. 
Oh, is so this by Alison? What's her name? Uh, it's by uh, Mythopia, the Cabinet of Curiosities. Is who okay, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a boxed set mm-hmm. with Ooh. a pile of 11 pamphlets in it. And it's intended okay. for one shots or no leveling campaign play. Ooh, okay. so each of these pamphlets, presumably, is like so, like it says, the GM guide is an eight panel pamphlet. And then the okay. player guide is like a, a pamphlet as well. So basically, each thing's mm-hmm. a pamphlet, and yeah. each one's presumably like an adventure or a player's guide or whatever. Right. All in a box set, which is kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just having a look at it because I haven't actually seen what they what these pamphlets look like. I'm just gonna have a look and scroll down. Yeah. So they've got kind of this sort of yellow and black motif kind of theme. Mm. Yeah, looks pretty cool actually. It does look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's done. It's done pretty well. It had a ten thousand dollar goal. It's done thirty one thousand. It's got twelve days to go. So, crack in tabletop RPG for one shot cyberpunk action, action using streamlined forged in the dark rules. Fantastic! I'm impressed so, by your guess. That was really yes, good. Yes, I am so impressed by your guess that I'm going to give you three hundred and twenty six points for that. How many did I have? Three hundred twenty six. Oh, okay. <laughs> what a coincidence! What a coincidence. Uh, How could that well, possibly have happened? Obviously, it's due to the algorithm of the spreadsheet. As we all know from yeah. last year or the year before, spreadsheets and algorithms are never wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. Jess, your second one. Okay. Yeah. What is staged heroism? Staged heroism. Ooh, is tricky. it about actors who aren't really heroes, but they're pretending to be, and they get themselves in some bright capers as a result? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. That was my guess. <laughs> that would be fun, though, wouldn't it? Um, that would be good. So it is an RPG homage to the Venture Brothers, Bros Brothers, a thing I've never seen. Yeah, as um, I was about to say, I was like, okay. It's not official, um, but it's basically superheroes, heists, and a love letter to Saturday morning cartoons, and rules-like games by Nerdburger Games. Oh, okay. Yeah. designed, in part, by Mike Myler. Ah, I know that. I, that I had actually kid. no idea he was doing this. <laughs> it's like, I just saw it on here. Fair enough. He should have mentioned it, and I might have, might have brought it up before, but there we go. Yep. So yeah, stage terrorism from Nürburger mm-hmm. Games. I'm afraid, Jess, you get no points for that, because you did not get that correct. Well, I feel like Mike should have told me about it, so that's why I, I think that point. Mike should have told you about it. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't, so there we go. Could have had him on Not D&D. Uh, mm. Yeah, you could have him on that, but, well, yeah. you know how to contact him. Yeah. <laughs> right, so that means, finally, Peter, your turn. Yeah, hit me. For the final one. The final one. What is Fight to Survive? Fight to Survive? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Uh... It's about going to the supermarket mid-pandemic. <laughs> Trying to find some toilet roll. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, fight to survive. Um, I am trying to recall. I mean, because it sort of puts me in mind of the... Um, oh, what's the name? Keith Amans. Um, the Monsters Know stuff. But I think he's already written his book about strategies and tactics for surviving in when has a player character in fifth edition. Uh, I mean, maybe you should pick that up, Russ. It might be useful to you. Um, no, fight, survive. Uh, 
Probably not that then. I would hope for, um, I guess something modern day, like maybe sort of almost a disaster scenario sort of, sort of thing. So like there's a, you're, you're, you're like using sort of realism to evoke things like plane crashes or car crashes or, um, other terrible incidents. And you're sort of like working your way through a scenario to work out how best you would escape. Um, how you'd fight to survive. That's the sort of vibe I'm getting off it. So I guess really rules light. Hmm. So it's not bad. What it is, is 20th century martial arts action cinema brought to a role-playing game with all its sincerity and emotion. So influences it states include Hard Times from 1975. I've not seen that. Streets of Fire from 1984. I've not seen that. Final Fight from 1989, I've not seen that. Bloodsport, 1988, I've not seen that. The Hong Kong Manhua, Manhua, Manhua Oriental Heroes of 1970, I've not seen that. Um, so it's not, it's not, it's not, we are not the same. I mean, unless Jessica, you're a massive fan of Hong Kong action movies. I mean, I'm not. No, I saw Big Trouble in Little China like a few years ago for the first time and yes. it has not aged well. Um, no, and no. if you don't have the nostalgia to back it up, I was just sat there going, I'm pretty sure this isn't okay and this is quite racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> watching as a modern viewer, having no context of the time, yeah. it was a very odd experience. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have described it as a typical Hong Kong action movie. The main thing to remember is that the chief protagonist is the comedy relief. Okay. He's the comedy relief in like a serious Hong Kong action movie mm-hmm. um, and is just, yeah, he is pretty, pretty racist. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. But, but anyway. Those, those guys with the sampan hats, they well, were they were amazing. Well, this this game, um, obviously that's some, that. some of its influence, but it's, it's, it's not. Yes. It's not that. Same. So what this is, multi-generational play from um, King Arthur Pendragon is an influence. Greg Stafford's um, classic. Ah, uh, okay. A resource hmm. system inspired by Avery Alder's Dream Askew. Okay, dream, dream apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We mentioned that on the podcast before. A shared mm-hmm. sense of fellowship achieved by the powered by the apocalypse system. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, they say fight to survive is mostly its own animal, and if I were forced it into an elevator pitch, I might describe it as a mouse guard for a straight to VHS martial arts crowd. Okay, well that's that's a that's a lot of big names invoked yeah. there, and a lot of. Very different genres, so yeah. it sounds it's, it's, sounds like it will be quite quite it's, it's a nice production value. Product. So it looks it looks good. It looks good. That's um, nice, yeah. You know, it looks it's, it's well laid out. It looks pretty. Um, hmm. It is. Let's see. It's got eighteen days to go. It has not as of yet met its goal. It's like halfway towards its goal, so it looks like okay. it'll probably make it, but it'll squeak in. But hmm. eighteen days to go, and um, yeah, looks pretty good. That yes, yes. Uh, I mean, with those movies it was referencing, does it have anything? Made after 2000? Uh, no, because it's 20th century. Um, 20th century. Oh, okay. So does it have anything made in the late 90s? Um, not in that list. Doesn't mean there isn't influenced by anything true, in the true. late 90s, but not in that list, no. Okay. Right, fair enough. What were you hoping for then? Uh, I, I, I was just wondering because it seems like there would be, like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd quite like to see something a bit more influenced by Korean dramas, right. to be honest, because those would be amazing. Like Kingdom, for example, it was uh, zombies in medieval Korea, and that was. I think that'd be a very ass. different game to this one. 
It would be available. Yeah, entirely <laughs> I, I guess I guess that's the thing. I'm not the target audience. I would like to play a very different game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think if you are a fan of 20th century um you know martial arts well, action movies. 70s I think this, and 80s. This, yeah. Yeah. Action country like flicks. It, this looks yeah. like it would be the thing for you. Anyway, okay. so um Peter, unfortunately I can give you no points there either. Ah, which enough. means you both have three hundred and twenty six points. It's a draw. Hmm. Oh. Nice scoring. Week three, everybody fair. wins. Everybody yeah. wins or everybody loses. One of those two things. Yeah. Well, there are only losers in this game. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash Morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash Morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash Morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Shall we talk about the next yes. D&D book? Da, 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 da. Oh, is that different from the one that's come out? Or are we talking about the one that's after this one? We're here to what? talk about Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. Yeah. Ah, thank you for that much needed cl- clarity I appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome yeah. okay so on I think it was Friday after the show yeah as is tradition Wizards of the Coast yeah. posted this image online and they posted it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all their social media stuff mm-hmm. and it was this part of crystals yeah through that part of crystals you could sort of see a distort what looked like distorted image of a book mm-hmm. cover but it was impossible to make out what it was Hmm. However, what some people did was they took that image and they flipped it and yes. realised that it was in fact reversed oh. and then enhanced it yes. and did some other bits and peered at it and poked it and like squinted at it and stuff mm. and managed to figure out over over a period of about two or three days that mm. what that text said was yes. journey through the radiant, uh, journeys from, no, through the radiance of the yeah. Yeah, we went through no. different things. First of all, it was journey through the radiant ocean, people thought. Then journeys to or from the radiant citadel. Mm-hmm. And then they settled on journeys through the radiant citadel. And it turned out, right. a couple of days later, when Wizards of the Coast finally announced this book, mm-hmm. which was on Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday, Monday, 22nd. Tuesday. Um, that that was, in fact, exactly what this book was. Journeys through the radiant citadel. Oh, wow, yeah. Coming out in June, June the 21st. Mm. That that um, is not a clear pile of crystals. I got to say that's exactly wow. exactly. Uh, how? Oh, okay, right. I'm seeing bits of 
Solve people it. like edited it and changed settings yeah. and did you know so i think yeah it was a good, i mean obviously wizard of the coast intended yeah. yeah obviously wizard of the coast intended people to figure out what it was otherwise they wouldn't have yeah they mm. taken a photo of their book and put some crystals in front of but it so. it's quite a nice pr thing to do just like make it a fun game you know yeah 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, journey through the radius of Citadel. So June the twenty first. So what this is is another adventure anthology. So they've done a few of these. They did Candlekeep. Mm-hmm. Um, they did um, Yawning Portal. That was one, wasn't it? Was yeah. Yawning Portal. Yeah. And Tales from the Yawning Portal. And Salt Marsh. Goes to Salt Marsh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so so this is their fourth anthology. Yes. After of course Candlekeep, as you said. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has thirteen adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set around a Radiant Citadel, which is a new location in the Ethereal Plane. Mm. And from that location, you can basically travel to different worlds to have adventures in. So it's kind of a bit like Candlekeep was like that as well, wasn't it? You could be mm. in Candlekeep and you could go through a book. Yes. This would be a portal to an adventure somewhere else. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, what, what, what is this confirming, say, the spell drama setting? So that's the thing. Probably not, no. Right. This is more, this is a more, a little more planescape than spell jam, I mean, mm-hmm. for a start. Yeah. Um, but no, um, the theory still is there's still a Dragon Arts and Spell Jammer book coming later this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's the theory. So right. this is, this is an anthology mm-hmm. book. Right, right. So this book, um, was written almost entirely by people of color. Yes, yes. And the first, um, such, uh, official D&D book to be written entirely by people of color. And one mm-hmm. of the lead designers on it, Mm-hmm. Was in fact the first, if I get, get this right, the first person of Indian heritage mm-hmm. to write officially in a D and D book, oh. and that was that was uh, the uh, Ravenloft book. What was the Ravenloft book called last year? Year before? Oh, last year. something, something Ravenloft. <laughs> uh, Van Mission's Guide to Ravenloft. There we go. My mind's blanking. So that yeah. was um, Ajit George. Um, so yes. who Ooh. wrote? Some Indian uh, themed material yes. for Van Richmond's Guide to Ravenloft, and, the f- and was the first ever person of Indian heritage to do such a thing for D and D officially. And he mm-hmm. was one of the two lead writers on this book, along with about fifty other writers, mm-hmm. all of which were people of colour. Yes, or, or contributors. I think yeah, I also includes all uh, yeah. artists and uh, yes. other people as well. Well, uh, I, I also noticed that we have. Pam Panzalin on that list as well, who we've actually had on the podcast to talk about RPGC and the Sword Dream. Yeah, so oh. yeah, so the list um, amongst other people, we've got mm-hmm. Justice. Um, Justice Armand? Pronounce it. I just, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be pronouncing names now. Okay. This Ooh, is not going to go well. I'm glad we it's you and not in me. Advance. Uh, just, just refu- uh, Russ refuses to pronounce anybody's name pro- properly as a matter of principle. It, it really is not a refusal. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> Um, so, Justice um, Raymin Arman, mm-hmm. uh, Dominique Dickey, Ajit A. George, Bashir Gauss, Alastor Guzman, D. Fox Harrell, T.K. Johnson, Felice Tezwe Kwan, mm-hmm. uh, Serena Marie, Mimi Mondal, Mar- Mario Ortegon, Miyuki Jane uh, Pinkard, Pam Panzalan, Erin Roberts, Terry H. Romero, Stephanie Yoon, and many more. And if you are one of those people and I said your name wrong, I am very sorry. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, yeah. It's, we'll, 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 we'll train them eventually. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. so, that's a good thing that they've gone for a, yeah. made an active decision to try and have a diverse group of 
contributors really so yeah yeah of course there are portions of the internet which push back on that of course because internet is internet well, and it does that why, what, so what, predictably well did we have that on yeah. level up as well because we diversity is kind of a key yeah. pillar yeah in level there up. was someone someone who looked at the website and posted this thing on twitter posted all about he looked at the website the first thing he saw was the word diverse yeah because we used the word diverse in the headline or something yeah, yeah. and decided that our game was i think it was a pile of crap because of it didn't know anything about it whatsoever just saw that the word diverse was on the page and therefore mm. the game must be a part i of mean that. i see some people making the point where they're like and 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 it is it do be mm. white people that say this <laughs> um yes. the, of course yeah that they're like, oh, it's forced diversity and you're not getting, you know, you're not, you're not just choosing the right people and it's for, blah, blah, blah. but we're in, I think we're very much in a place mm. in the industry where you can choose the people and there's lots yeah, of good people there's lots and of it's good not a zero sum game. And, and if there's a game that has, doesn't have any white contributors, mm. people will make a big fuss and say something. But mm. actually, if there's a game where it's only white contributors, no one would say anything because exactly. we're still in a place in society, I think, where we see white as default and yes. anything else is different and diverse. Yeah. 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 I, I think there's a very strong argument to be made that being anti-diversity is also being anti-meritocratic. I think the people we've been getting are some of the best people mm. um, able to do things and bring skills, experiences and knowledge, which other people just don't have. Yeah. I think it's one of those things as well where um, if you're used to having privilege, when equality happens, it feels like you're being oppressed. And it's not. It just feels like something's being taken away from you and something isn't. And it's not. It's just, you know. It's just somebody else is getting the um, opportunities opportunities that they previously were not. Yeah. But still, anyway, so the Radiant Citadel. So it's on the ethereal plane and it's carved from a giant fossil of an unknown monster, some kind of mysterious monster. Nobody knows what it is. Except that it's a monster, and it's large, and it's a fossil. So they do know what it is. It's a fossil of a giant monster. And at the core of this, at the center of this, is a massive gemstone, which is called the Royal Diamond. Right. And this is surrounded by a whole bunch of smaller jewels called the Concord Jewels. Right. Mm. Each of which is a type of uh, 1980s um, aeroplane, which can... A supersonic jetliner, in fact, yes. A supersonic jetliner, yes. Yes. Uh, the museum of which I am going to in a couple of weeks with my dad, which is going to be quite fun. How exciting. Where you will be yeah. able to discover that Concord, that way, it's spelt with an E, as opposed to this way. That which is also is not true, yes. Really. That is also true. That is yeah. also true. So anyway, so these jewels are gateways to mm. the Citadel's founding civilizations. And the idea is that DMs can link any world to the Citadel by kind of like putting a, a jewel there. Mm. Nice. Oh. So oh. it's, it's very much a gateway portal type thing, like Candlekeep was. So, so is, is Radiant Sisters a hub rather than a destination? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it? Because there's quite a lot of settings, especially city mm-hmm. and city type settings in D&D tend to be quite kind of dangerous or, or whatever. Yes. This is very much described as a sanctuary rather than a place of danger. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, a nice place. It's full of hope. Yeah, the cover looks yeah. like that, for sure. The cover is like lots of people doing interesting things and selling things and having a nice time. Mm. Little gremlins dropping some tomatoes. I, I would interpret these, this cover as this uh, this blue blue bat creature here, which is mm-hmm. medium-sized for those who are listening in D&D. Um, All very piece- close. It's it's a it's a it's a big flying chap is what I'm saying. It's very uh, it has arms and legs and appears to have a clutched double armful of some sort of delicious fruit. Possibly possibly a person 
Or maybe tomatoes. We're not sure. Well, someone's throwing tomatoes up at it. No, I think it's dropping no, the tomatoes no. and they're catching them. Oh, it's dropping them. tomatoes it, and they're catching them. It's just them. Okay, nicked sorry. the yes. tomatoes yeah, okay. from a gotcha. store behind gotcha. and the person gotcha. that owns yeah. the store is yelling at oh, it. Oh, yes. And it's flying yes. off and dropping a few in its haste and the two people below oh. are like, hey, I thought, opportunity. I thought, were, I thought they were throwing tomatoes at it. No. <laughs> 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 no, they're not like pelting this... <laughs> creature with tomato. Yeah, the no. creature is dropping them and they're catching them. Yeah, right. no. Okay, okay. And okay. people are helping themselves to stolen goods. Shocking. Yes. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay. it, it's quite a it sort of puts me in mind of a Moroccan or maybe Turkish bazaar, depending. Yeah. I don't mind. I've been to Turkish bazaar, but there's definitely a bizarre feeling. Yes. Mm. Uh, that's yeah, with an A rather than an I at the start. Yeah. 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 And it's all kind of like a brightly coloured, <laughs> hopeful, and kind of cheerful looking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, we've got a list of the adventures. So there's 13 of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the names of all 13, and we've got some details about three of them. Okay. So do you want me to just read the list, or? Hmm. I mean, what? Yeah, let's go. Let's go through them and the ones that you got details yeah. for. So we, the first one is the Salted Legacy. Yeah, do we have so details. That one, I have on that one? got details. Great. Yeah, so that's by. I mean, when I say details, I mean very, very brief one to two sentence synopses. Well, great. Mm. So details is a strong a strong term. It's not <laughs> quite that. So this is uh, this is by Serena Murray, mm-hmm. and uh, in this there are rival merchant families, and there's a conflict in the night market, mm-hmm. and the PCs end up having various challenges, like a timed cooking challenge. So that mm. sounds like a fun kind of adventure. It sounds like the, the conflict at the rival merchant families isn't kind of like it sounds it's like not a fun mafia. kind of conflict. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. From, from the yeah. sounds of it, mm. so that's that one. So the next adventure is called Written in Blood. That doesn't sound as wholesome and friendly as the last one. <laughs> well, it is, yeah, they do vary in tone here. So uh, yeah. the first one, Salted Legacy, was a first level adventure. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. one's a third level adventure. Now, this one's by Erin Roberts, and this is based on the black experience in southern US. Oh, okay. Also, these they do vary in tone quite yeah. a bit from one to another. And they also draw on people's backgrounds and experiences and mm-hmm. uh, perspectives as well. Mm-hmm. So this is based on the black experience in the southern US. Uh, it features a haunted farm mm-hmm. with commoners who are becoming violent and the adventurers need to figure out why without harming them. So okay. that's a horror kind of story, that one. I see. Yeah. Challenging conflict resolution skills as opposed to just mm. your hacking things into small pieces skills. Yeah, mm. Um, so the next bunch I don't have information on. So we've got the Fiend of Hollow Mine. I'm hoping there to be both a fiend and a mine. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. Mm. And the mine is hollow. I think most mines by definition are hollow, are they not? Oh, oh, well, I mean, you're making, you're making some assumptions. Like, normally you'd have a gold mine or a tin mine. Yeah, hollow so mine means it's... It's like been mined of all its resources oh, and it's I empty. See. Uh, so no, it's now that, hollow. So maybe that, abandoned that, and terrifying. That'd be mined out though. So, you know, it's clearly a mine where you mine hollows. I, I'm thinking Scooby-Doo here now. Well, you'd have gotten away with that if it hadn't been for us meddling kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what else have we got? We've got Wages of Vice. Yeah. We've got Sins of Our Elders. Oh, I bet they had a bit of an argument about who got to call their game what, their adventure what. Sorry. We can't have wages well, saying then sins of our elders. I do like some of these names. This no, good. Gold for fools and princes. It's oh. a cool name. Yeah. Ah. Trail of destruction. Ooh, that sounds like some sort of environmental degradation game. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. In the mists of Manivasha. Mm, nice. Uh, that that sort of like has a sort of a, an Indian flavour to me. Maybe yeah. Yeah. 
Between mm. Tangled Roots. Oh, nice. And we've got Shadow of the Sun, which is one, which is the third one that I've got a little bit of information about. Okay. Mm. This one is 11th level. Oh. Justice Arman. This yeah. one is Persian themed. Yeah. Ah, and this one okay. has um, factions mm-hmm. in a city. And this city is ruled by some kind of angelic or celestial being. And mm-hmm. the factions in some manner are in conflict. Ah, As I said, when I say details, that is a strong term. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what one line of synopsis? Yeah. yeah. Ah, ah, okay, Shadow of the Sun, which mm. is quite interesting, really, because you wouldn't normally expect a light source to have a shadow. But here we are. Mm. And then we've got the Night Seas Sucker. Yeah. Buried Dynasty, or if you're American, Dynasty. Or Dallas, if you're a fan buried of the Buried Dallas. <laughs> yeah, Buried Dallas. Dallas, uh. the tabletop role-playing game. Oh, there, there we go. There we go. Got the <laughs> there we in. go. I managed to squeeze it in. Yeah. I'm going to squeeze Dallas, the television role-playing game, into every conversation I ever have from now on. Yes. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to carry this round with me so I can just put it out at a moment's notice and start talking about Dallas, the television role-playing game. Yeah, uh, Buried Dynasty, that feels like, uh, I'm hoping for like a vaguely Egyptian-themed one for there. Maybe. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah. There's no possible way to know. No. no. Except by waiting. Uh, <laughs> finally, we have Orchids of the Invisible Mountain. Ah. So you've seen the regular cover, which is by Evan Fong. Mm. Yes. Have like you seen the alternate cover? Yes. By mm. Sija Hong. It looks like yeah. a graphic novel art type thing. Mm. It's the kind of thing you'd uh, see in a comic book shop and be like, ooh, and stop and have a look, I think. It's, it's kind def- of crystal. Right, so I'm mm. seeing crystal in that. Mm-hmm. The way yes. the, there's quite jagged lines. Yes. Yes, yeah. Everywhere. Mm. And everything seems to be made of shapes rather than curves. We've like, got some animals that look a bit like panthers or maybe a phoenix and... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thing it evokes mostly for me, man, let me know if you think I'm wrong here, is partly crystal, partly flowers, but also there is very much a sense of a a ship going through a wormhole gate. You see right maybe, in the centre. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that at first. Yeah. And, that, and all of those things make sense with what we know about the setting. So yeah, so yeah maybe okay. it's like maybe we maybe look at a Concord crystal or something, yeah. keeping open a gate to the citadel. Mm. Who knows? Oh, but it certainly is very pretty. Yeah, and lots yeah. of little uh, different. Is that a manticore hidden in there? Looks like it or a lion. But yes, no. maybe it, it, it's quite charming. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I like I like both of them. Uh, one is definitely more abstract than the other. Mm. So what do you think generally of anthology, adventure anthologies? Do they appeal to you more or less than sort of like a solid hardcover campaign? Is that to me or to Jess? To the room. (laughs) I mean, I guess, well, I guess for me, because I don't run adventures, it's not something Mm -hmm. I would, it's not, it's not aimed for me. (laughs) Um, But I noticed this also, apart from the settings, it also introduces 11 new monsters. Mm. I imagine mm. that is to try and pull in people that perhaps wouldn't be as interested in in like the adventures. Maybe the monsters would kind of pull them in and make them right, want yeah, to, to yeah. have that as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things that I kind of feel like Wizards does quite well is make sure there's something in each book for everyone. So there might be some monsters mm. or some player options, or there might be this or that. Mm. Just so that even if you're not necessarily interested in one aspect of the book, there is something in there you can use. Yeah. And they do that yeah. quite a lot. 
Uh, well, in terms of being an anthology, they are trying to cast their nets quite wide. Mm-hmm. With different tones for different adventures. Uh, yeah, quite, yeah. Quite, quite a fairly large span of adventures. Certainly, mm-hmm. we don't see that many adventures going past the level 10 stage. Yeah, so, so. this is 1 to 14. So, yeah. Yeah, quite a, quite a wide range there. Yeah, because yeah, traditionally that has been very challenging for them to actually create I, material I, I, for that. The thing I like about the idea of this is mm. because each one is seemingly, and I, you know, we only know the details of three of them, and don't, we've only got the titles of the other, yeah. basically set in a different kind of world and culture, making each one very, very different. And also they're difficult in different in tone from light to dark mm. to, you know, yeah. horror to yeah. comedy or whatever. So each one is very different to each other one. And that means it kind of does that thing that I like about things like Doctor Who, mm-hmm. whereas each week the next thing could be something completely different. And if you're not necessarily into it this week, mm. next week could be something really amazing and completely different. Yeah. yeah. That's which I, which I kind of like. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I kind of like, which I kind of like about that sort of thing. So basically running a campaign of these, each one is going to be so different to the previous one you just played, mm. assuming you played them through in order. I think that would be really fun, and any any particular bit of it you're not that into, the next one might be amazing. You know, it's mm. you know, yeah. I suppose it's like the idea of having these as a resource to drag and drop into any particular adventure. Yeah, because I mean, you know, it, it's definitely an experiment. Uh, mm. I don't know. I just quite like when they do something that's a a bit more like an adventure path. More, something more cohesive, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Less I mean, anthology yeah. and more. Yeah, like no, I mean, it. It's, yeah. It seems they're taking. They they are bringing in people of color, and that's really good. But it's like they're just going for like a uh, like they say. Look, this whole set of adventures is by people of color, and this whole set of cannibal keep adventures has many people of color, and there's no like adventure path or setting. Yeah, I mean, they do. do yeah, I think there's one for different mm-hmm. types of product, though, isn't it? They've done an awful yeah, lot yeah. of adventure paths. They've done four anthologies. You know, and this, is, this is new so, material, yeah. which I very much like because I, I, I mean, you know, Ghost of Salt Marsh was reprints from various editions. Hmm. Uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal is reprints of various editions. So yeah, it's uh, nice to have something that's uh, not original. What yeah. about Candlekeep? I don't. I didn't get that one, so I don't know what. Um, uh, that was uh, like. a, was a, a similar idea, like lots of different things, although set around, I think, more specifically themed on the Sword Coast, if I recall correctly. Right. Right, I'm, I'm not familiar with the book, but that, that's as I recall. Right. I think yeah. these do have their place, hmm. though, because I think it's really useful if you have a time where you know in your campaign a player's going to be away for a bit. Like, for example... Hmm. In, in my group, uh, one of our players has just had a baby, literally this week. Mm. And so they're not going to be around for a few sessions, understandably. Um, and so if you know that, you could have like a session where you're passing through here and a few members of the party go off to do one of these things and it doesn't yeah, affect the overall yeah. campaign. Mm. So yeah. it, I think it definitely has its place. Yeah. Mm. And it does say that you can drop them into any world. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever, whatever campaign you're playing at the moment, you can drop this in. Yeah, because mm. you couldn't transport through the multiverse, so you could come well, from your plane into... Well, the, yeah. the Citadel itself is kind of like a framing device, though, isn't it? Mm. So the adventures themselves, yeah. you don't necessarily need to use the central framing device of the Citadel in order to play the adventure. No, you not You could just all. drop the adventure into your campaign oh, if, yeah. if it's suitable. If, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, this feels um, even more like Van Richten's Guide to Raven, Ravenloft, but mm-hmm. they've got actual adventures here rather than just like, these are some settings that we've thrown some mm. rules together 
in that the idea is this is a genre that you can play around in. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, there was someone, you, you're talking about Van Richten's Guide there. There were some people I saw talking about what they call, and I disagree very much with this, um, mm-hmm. that D&D is becoming dumbed down and Disneyfied, and everything's really cute and aimed at kids. And I was just thinking, <laughs> that is so not true, because did you see the pictures we looked at in the current book, which has mm-hmm. like that hammerhead shark with blood splurting out oh, of it? Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, <laughs> How anyone can look at just the current D&D book that's out yeah. right now, the latest one, which yeah. is the Neverdeep one, mm-hmm. and say that this is a book, this is a, a game that's being disdified is beyond me. Maybe you want your kids to be in your bed for the next yeah. X months yeah. as they're like, oh God, what if the blood spurting hammer shark, head shark comes to get me? What yeah. then? What then? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. it's, just, there's it's always, just not true. Though, there's always it? some just... people that want to gatekeep the hobby though. There's always yeah, some people absolutely, absolutely. that want to say, oh, this is terrible and you know, it's dumb. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard there's a big thing on TikTok as well, actually, that somebody was saying at how 5e mm-hmm. is terrible and it's dumbed it down. And mm. I think that's because 5e has welcomed a lot of new people to the hobby. A lot of new people have mm. recently started role-playing and they've started with 5e, so that's mm. what they know and they really like it. And so I think mm-hmm. that gives a sense of, oh, 5e's for kind of newbies and that's somehow bad. Yeah. But I think a lot of people in the hobby love it when new people join because mm. we have this awesome thing that we love and we want to share it with everybody. So when people are like, I've just yeah. started role-playing, it's like, oh, amazing, did you know about this? And then, you know... Um, and also, we get to I, sell them things as well. Which is <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, that's more great as well. You can tell them all your stories that you've picked up, and they might even find them interesting, which is exactly. pretty cool, as opposed to all your friends who've already heard them before. Exactly. Well, I think in terms of tone and... Um, Disnification. I hate that word. But anyway, in terms of tone, I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty clear that D&D at the moment is doing a whole wide range of things designed yeah. to appeal to different people. Yeah. And yeah, so you do have some stuff like Strixhaven was, you know, maybe a little more geared towards, hmm. you know, uh, a younger audience. Well, or I, I don't know if I'd say that, light, whatever it's called. Witch <laughs> Behind the Wild Light, whatever that one was called. Oh man, we really should be able to get that name right. It's yeah. been months. But then Netherdeep, <laughs> Netherdeep clearly yeah. is a very different tone. Yes. Yes. And Ravenloft clearly is a very different tone to that. So they're doing different tones of designed to appeal to different people. Yeah. And so not every single book has to be for you. You can like some of the what? books and not other books. Not yeah. everything is about me and my personal I mean, it's taste. It's amazing. What? <laughs> yeah. I think it just comes down to that some people are having fun wrong and they need to mm. be told. <laughs> like, I'm going to say, I'm just having a look at all the source books and adventures. Mm-hmm. Of the adventures, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight and maybe The Hunt for the Festival Hydra, because that was obviously based off Stranger Things, those might be considered like for younger audiences. But the rest of this stuff is not aimed at kids in any mm. way. And with respect yeah. to the source books, like Acquisitions Incorporated would be quite easy to play for laughs. Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of comedy oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And Strixhaven. Yeah, so we're talking so, different genres, don't we? They're, yeah. they're producing yeah. things in different genres to appeal to different people. Yeah, I mean, we're talking out of 20 source books, there's mm. maybe two, and out of another, I don't know, 20, 25 adventures, there's maybe one. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, you know, if you, if you find mm-hmm. 
that you feel that you're represented by Taco the Clown, then <laughs> maybe you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah like, I, I think I think Taco yeah. the Clown has made a lot of people very angry. I'm like, well, if you're seeing yourself in a it made a grumpy, small, angry a small clown, number of vocal people angry. I don't think it made a lot of people angry. Yeah. No, and no, I think, I, think, I think most people just think it's quite funny. Yeah, and having some, give it a four. having some uh, adventures, even if they were aimed at kids or Disney-fied or whatever, it's probably yeah. not a bad thing because, you know, we're yeah. going to want to welcome new people into the hobby and, and things like that. And a lot of people that Gamers. are players are parents yeah. now. And when I know. started playing D&D, I was 10. I was yes. a kid. Yeah. Yes. So the fact that D&D wouldn't be marketed at kids... Yes. Or shouldn't be marketed to kids. I think is a really, really bizarre notion because that's exactly yes. how I got into the game as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and also, there are people who want to play D and D with their kids now. Yeah, exactly. Because their parents, people have yeah. kids. Or, or I'm going to throw it out here, right? There are people who would like to play D and D with their grandchildren hmm. because, like, not everyone like self started at age ten. There's going to be people who like, yeah, let's 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 do this. It's like multi generational role playing. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I'm here for it. I, so, I like multi generation role playing in a party. So I want to play D D with my pets. <laughs> oh good luck good luck Hudson Hudson for eating the dice. Playing some D&D? What class what class is Hudson then? Oh my Oh, yeah. Well, we know his alignment is chaotic good boy, so... <laughs> hey! Good, good, good. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, chaotic yeah. good boy. <laughs> but, like, H- Hudson, it, Hudson has the ability to open doors and steal sandwiches while Russ is not looking. Right. Off mm. of the kitchen down for... So he's that a like, yeah. I really, oh, yeah, really right. despair of the day that Hudson learned how doors worked. <laughs> Oh, clever boy. I know. It's not good. <laughs> now you have to lock doors to make sure he can't open them. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, not yeah. doors in my house shut properly, so Monty just, like, smashes his way through them. He's definitely a barbarian, and he has the scars to prove it. Mm. <laughs> Rage what, what, cat. What, what about your dog, Jess? What about Django? Django. Mm. Oh, Django's a, a He's so sad pretty. Boy. He's a beautiful boy, but he is, he just, has oh, resting sad face. He's a warlock. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, and he's an old patron. soul. Yes, <laughs> amazing. Yes, he can be a warlock. He is an old soul. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's been a grumpy old man since he's been about five months old. So, <laughs> and on that note, having assigned D and D classes to our pets, I think we have clearly run out of things to talk about, and we should end yeah. the show. Okay, uh, and, yeah. And remember, uh, hashtag D and D pets. Make sure to tag at Morrison and let us know what your what class your pet is because that's important and we need to more importantly send in your awfully cheerful question and win a copy of the awfully cheerful language yes alright that's it I'm getting out of here we're done woohoo thank you very much mic drop apparently I now have to read this to you this is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. 
Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. You know, the comments don't tend to be very nice. Oh, dear. On yeah. Facebook ads. Yeah. And Jess was responding with, and I think one of the commenters complimented her on, I think the word was sass. Was the word. Yeah, they just say, I'm going to back this campaign purely from the sass from the yeah. admin. Yeah. So, <laughs> a successful day. I put that on my CV. So, 